Hey everyone, welcome back to the Spygate Report. We're going to be doing our first ever, I guess, debate show, technically. the uh, Was it Project Underground? I believe, I believe that that's what we named it. The Underground so, Project. There we go. I am Bill Vink with one of the co-founders with the other co-founder, Chef Joker. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Ready to talk some shit real quick. Great to see that you were on time. We appreciate that. And so... The way this debate is going to work, it was supposed to be a game show. We're intending to turn this into a debate for episode one, and uh, we're just going to go off. We have we have twelve topics to discuss, and um, we're just going to see what what we align with, what we don't align with, and kind of trying to come to a middle ground. So that being said, we are kicking things off first and foremost with one of the hot topics: the Lakers versus the Suns controversy at the end of this game. Now, before I say anything else, I think we can all agree what we're talking about here. That last second timeout that they gave uh, LeBron and the Lakers when, when that loose ball was going, it really should have been the Suns' ball. It should, it should have went to Devin Booker. But what, what what were your thoughts on that? I mean, it takes away from the game. You know, like uh, any kind of play or call or anything at the end of a game, it just it's like that movie. You watch a really good movie and it has a real shitty finish. You're like, damn, this movie sucked. It might have been great the whole way up, but the ending was so bad, it took away from the movie. You allowing something this bad to transpire, it just makes you go, damn, all these things that you keep hearing, the NBA is great, the NFL is great. And then you start seeing shit like this, you're like, damn. you know. And I get it. You, you want to have your poster boy, LeBron James, in the first ever uh, – NBA Cup thing, it's like, I mean, I get it all, but if, that, if that's the case, let's try to officiate it where Phoenix is not close to the end. So if you have something that comes out this blatant, and it just makes it look really bad for the NBA. So to, I'm kind of on the same page with you here. Now, I think for me, it's it's just a little bit different. I think this really hurts not just the game itself, um, but most importantly, the NBA Cup itself. Like this is the first season it's it's been introduced, and now we're already in a in a very crucial point. We already have controversy here, and if I'm a fan, right now I'm buying into this NBA in season tournament, NBA Cup, whatever the hell it's called. This to me is not a good look because this is showing what everyone. I just said what everyone is saying that the NBA is rigged. And, you know, it's funny, there's more and more reports coming out, even from players. And I, I was watching this, um, I think, like a week ago. It was someone, I think, well, who played for either. Did, uh, did you see the Devin Booker one where he was like, y'all know what it is? Like, he was alluding to, you know, it should rigged. You know what I mean? It's a, He watched that Devin Booker interview at the end of that game, and he kind of alludes to, you know, you already know what was going to happen. Well, I'm losing something different. There was an NBA player who who was told by one of their teammates, um, I, I, it was about a different team, that, hey, if we have to beat this team by 15, if we want to win by five. Two. Was it two? Yeah. He said, we got to win by 15 if we want to try to win by two because nobody wants uh, – oh, man, it was for the, for the finals. Was it Miami or – I don't remember, I, I don't remember. Like I was yeah. on the other team, and you don't want that team over Miami to be in the finals for viewership. 
And you've got to think it's even more interesting because the Pacers just shocked the world with, with beating the Bucks. So you now had what I think the NBA was trying to set up, which was the Bucks through the Greek freak Giannis versus LeBron. That right there is a really nice, marketable uh, finals. Tyrese Hall- Halliburton and, and, the, and the Pacers said not today. Oh, yeah, you couldn't I have mean, the Pelicans yeah. do that to the Lakers. He good. did the, the game time. Um, Obi had a really good game. You know, Miles Turner had a good game. But, like, outside, listen, teams like Boston are not supposed to lose to the Pacers. Teams like Milwaukee are not supposed to lose to the Pacers. And the Pacers keep knocking these people off. Now, the better storytell, if we want to, listen, if sports wants to go all WWE, the better story would be David versus the Goliath. And David being Halliburton and the Pacers keep knocking off the Giants and take out LeBron. But, I mean, let's keep it 1,000. The NBA has made him the poster boy, wanting him to be the next Mike Jordan. You know, he even did the, the crappy Space Jam movie. They have tried to make him this generation's Jordan. And I just feel like they're feeding him this cup. I hate to agree, but because we're going to talk about this a little bit more, I'm going to put a pin on it because we have a lot to talk about the NBA Cup. There's a couple different subjects in here. I kind of, I spaced yeah. it out so we didn't just hoard with the NBA Cup. But speaking about the NBA, all right, we're going to move on to what I believe I, I'm going to call us the pretenders or contenders. Right now, this NBA in-season cup, we talked about it, I think, was it two days ago? We talked about um, yeah. you know, sp- uh, specific teams. Do, do the Celtics and the Bucks right now look like pretenders? And do the Pacers actually look like contenders? If you're sitting here, yes, it's early in the season still, but you've got to think at some point, these teams that are supposed to be these giants on paper are falling to teams like the Pacers. I mean, listen, I'm going to say the three, three contenders. Boston, until they're knocked off, Miami until they're knocked off. Not Miami. I don't really like Miami. Um, Boston, Milwaukee, and now you have to put the Pacers in that conversation. They have to be one, two, three. I don't care in what order. Kristaps is healthy. This is a tough out. Boston is really deep. They got a stretch big. He's a decent defender. You know, Kristaps is, is playing good ball. So you go, okay. And then you have, which Kristaps is not playing that game versus uh the Pacers. Milwaukee is still trying to figure it out with uh, Dane Lillard trying to get his footing in with Milwaukee. Remember, now, yeah, technically they have a lot of the same guys on their roster, but adding your point guard who changes your game, they all have to get it together, and it's going to take time. I think in a few, like a month, they'll be absolutely annihilating teams. So I do think all three teams are legit Contenders, everybody else in the Eastern Conference, I would say are pretenders. I disagree. I, I, I disagree with one team. I consider no matter who you put on the Celtics, them to be them, them to be pretenders. I really do. And a healthy Kristaps, a non-healthy, healthy Kristaps, the Pacers showed and exposed once again the problem that the Celtics have. They can't close out games. They can't. They have shown time and time, and this is over the course of years doesn't matter who's their head coach. They have shown time and time again that when the going gets gets rough, they did this against Miami last year. They, they did it again here. 
they fold towards the end. They can't close it out. These guys are great regular season players. But when it comes to, to, to moments where it matters, the Celtics have shown time and time again that they are not it. They are not clutch. They don't have the ice no. in the veins. And for me, the I, Celtics I, I, are, listen, are pretenders. I think they've taken enough beatings, and they'll get it this year. I do think that the, represent, the representation of the Eastern Conference is going to come out of Beantown, and I, I think Boston's going to the finals this year. I think they knock off whoever else. They ain't going to be Atlanta. So whoever comes in their way, they run through them, and I got them going to the to the, the finals. Contenders. I'm going to say pretenders on this one. I, I can't. I mean, and again, the Pacers exposed that perfectly. I mean, hell, the game was, I think, last week where the Celtics could barely close out Tobias Harris and a bunch of bench players is is more than enough. Even even without Chris up still, but with Tobias Harris and guys you can't even name coming off the bench, and they're still struggling. You finally take lead in the fourth quarter. Finally, it, it's it, pretenders for me. I I have the Bucks making the finals more than I do. I'd even take the Pacers making the finals. The Pacers right now sound more believable well, than the Celtics making the making. December what? December eighth. Yeah. December 8th, Friday around 8.45 uh, p.m. You have pool. Pick one. I'm going Boston comes out the Eastern Conference. If the Pacers can keep playing like this, I'll say that I'll say the Pacers just for shits and giggles. I think I I'm I'm starting to be okay, so I'm starting you got to become a believer. As the MVP of the league and I, I don't, I don't. No, no. I think this team plays great team play. This this Pacers team with the way they play. Reminds me of how the early 2000s Pacers team played. They played with a lot of heart. They sucked, but they played with a lot of heart. And what this team has right here is a lot of guys who are trying to prove that they belong in the NBA. Uh, when you go to the, oh, the Pacers over the Miles course, Turner has been doing this thing for a while. Obi, right, Obi but he's, is the only one that that's trying to really show the Knicks dropped the ball on. You got to think Halliburton's in the same boat. Well, with the trade, yeah, he was the other guy with the buddy Heald because they thought Heald was a star. But he, yeah, but here's but, the thing though. This Pacers team has got a lot of grit, and this Pacers team is showing similar signs to what Miami did when it was just Bam and Jimmy Butler. That's exactly what this team is showing. They're showing signs of that early, so if they like can Turner have half of that. I like. Turner I do. I do, because Turner plays hard. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on. I don't want to keep going as well. We will be here for hours, so <laughs> we're going to move to baseball where I think both of us can be excited about this, Juan Soto to the Yankees. It's, it's official Oh, from the Padres. Yeah, this is like a, a seven-player trade, but we get it. I forgot the other guy. Listen, Juan Soto's on a rental technically. So a lot of people are saying, well, he turned down, I think it was like a 15-year, $440 million. I Okay, I get that. But you're putting him with Judge now, right? And the Yankees have a really good team. I know they're going for the Yamoto guy. The, the I think he's Japanese pitcher or whatever. Don't know because everybody's on the Ohanti. And we don't know to this point. He was in t- Toronto flying. And now he's not flying to Toronto. But what Juan Soto was going to do in a short porch, this guy has the opportunity to hit 60 in Yankee Stadium. Judge, we've seen go over 60. 
who do you pitch to? And if Stan, who's never, you know, he goes through his injury things all year. If this guy has a decently healthy season, you got to pitch the Sandin Soto and Judge. And that's not going with uh, what's the young kid? Uh, I forgot the young kid's name that was super dope. But you got all this coming in. And to me, this feels like the George Steinbrenner Yankees again. I'm 44 years old. I watched my team dominate through the mid 90s and keep going. So Soto's going to bring a serious bat to the boogie down Bronx. Let's just keep that 100. So everybody sat back, said, oh, the Yankees are out. Brian Cashman just showed we're not done. We're just getting started. We're going to take that shit to the old Yankee style. We're going to sign some big guys. We're going to trade for some big name guys. Let's get it in. Soto is going to be amazing in pinstripes. I mean, I can't really argue that. I think the other thing I can add to that is I just can't wait to see how pitchers are going to start, you know, planning to go against that. If if I'm if I'm uh, Cashman or Boone, if Boone is still there, I don't know if he's still there or not. Yeah, Boone but, is unfortunately still there, but nobody wants him there. Well, yeah, well, I'm putting on three, four, and five my heavy hitters. <laughs> Make, make it make it make it at the heart of the lineup. Make him earn it. Yeah. Yeah. Are they gonna strike out or getting on or they're hitting homer? That's all I need. Yep. I, I need runs. Go back to that old school Yankees murderers row kind of you know, we're gonna beat you off the head. I like listen, this and it's good for baseball, it's good for New York. You know, pairing judge with another big time guy. Stanton is at is close to the end of his career and you know, it is what it is. Stanton also, listen, the guy's still smashing home runs too, but unfortunately he can never stay healthy. I think if you kind of put Stanton in that DH kind of role, try to preserve him and keep him healthy, let him just be a bat, I think that would be the best way to, to, to keep him in games. But, listen, New York was in a – both the Yankees and Mets were trash last year. I'm a Yankees fan. I know you're a Yankee fan. We're not bashing the Mets because both teams were absolute hot garbage. So well, no, but you know, last year's MLB I think was one of the greatest seasons ever because of just how well the small market teams did. I mean, it, it was unprecedented. I mean, the small market teams. So I mean, I, yeah, I'm a Yankee fan, but I was so happy to see so many small market uh, teams make the playoffs and have good runs in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. the Diamondbacks making the World Series. It's been since what 2000, I think nine. I mean, it, it was great. So, I mean, yeah, I, I was. It's what we say about all leagues. You need your small market teams to come up and, and be able to play with the big boys' pause. But you need them to be able to be a serious contender because at that point, if all your small market teams that just can't compete, what are we doing? Like, this now there's a flaw in the system because if you're not playing for the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Mets, you know, the Angels, I mean, at that point, you're like, all right, well, I'm on the wrong team. Let me get, let me play my draft. And then when I become a free agent, let me try to get the bag and go there because there's no point staying here because we just can't compete. Right. And honestly, I agree. That's what makes makes it fun. It does. But that being said, we're going to move on to. Mixed Martial Arts, the only topic we have for Mixed Martial Arts on here. Fight Night coming up. Song Yudong versus, uh, was it Chris Gutierrez in the 
Bantamweight division. I have such a hard time trying to pick a, a, a winner in this fight. I I'm, I really am. <laughs> I'm going Gutierrez because um I'm not a big submission guy or, or you know the technical grapple and try to hold people down and get points. I like the stand-up game. You know what I'm saying? Like I come from the era of boxing, so I like people squaring up. But um this guy Gutierrez, his kick game is crazy. Like not only is his kicks and knee strikes um on point, I don't know what their terminology is, but when he wants to give a little defense, he works it in. When he wants to open it up so he can get some strikes in, he gets it in. It's like his knees and kicks seem to open up his entire game. Like, I don't know how to explain it in a, a MMA stand, but I've never seen a guy who uses his feet to open up his entire attack or his entire defense. Gutierrez is one hell of a fucking fighter. He can go from defense to offense real fast. He got knockout power. His kicks are crazy deadly. Like, this is a guy that you need somebody to actually try to, you know, uh, shoot low or whatever, take him down, try to get the, the boring grapple hold on the floor, try to position for points, you know, hold against the cage. Because if you, you keep your stand up with him, I think Gutierrez is going to tear this dude up. And I'm talking See, I, beat the shit out this guy. I, I, I slightly disagree. I think where Song Yadong excels in is exactly the opposite of what Chris Gut, uh, Gutierrez you know, is great in. Yes, Chris Gutierrez does a great job of keeping distance, creating space, and that, that allows him to use the, that kickboxing background to do very well in fights. Now, you deal with a guy with, with Song Yadong is a very intelligent fighter. Song Yadong is going to sit there and be able to pick this apart. Now, what's going to interest Maybe. me, hold on, Hold on. Now, what's going to interest me about this fight is how is Song Yudong going to approach this distance? Song Yudong, when he pressures you, it's it, it's going to create a lot of mistakes for Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez is kind of prone to make mistakes, especially when pressured. We've seen that time and time again. But again, his 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 striking is absolutely phenomenal. Now, for Song Yudong, I may want to take this fight to the ground, as you said, but I do believe that Chris Gutierrez has slightly better wrestling. Then Song Yudong. So for Yudong, I'm not saying this is an uphill battle, but this is really going to be a battle of distance. It's going to be a battle of distance and tempo. And if Gutierrez has his way distance-wise, then Song Yudong's got to find a way to keep uh, to keep pressure on this guy. If not, I don't see I don't, I don't see us getting a knockout. I don't see us getting a stoppage. I think this fight's going to full five rounds. This is going at most three rounds. At most. I Gutierrez just I, I, again, I don't out. see it. No, no question. Either second or third, early third round at the most. I I don't think you're giving enough credit to Song Yudong. I think you're heavily underestimating how talented Song Yudong is. And you got to think this bantamweight division right now is wide open from rank one to rank ten. These are guys who should be consistently challenging for the title. Consistently, seriously, that's how deep this bantamweight division is. Song Yudong is what is one of the, is, is a top tier bantamweight. And this fight, oh, this and a win over Chris Gutierrez, I think solidifies that even more. It should put him up in the rank column if he's not already ranked. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Song Yudong on this one. I think by decision. Gutierrez second 
Second round, early third round, puts him to sleep, sleepy weepy style. Awesome, Chappy. You want to go sleepy weepy? I mean, that's fair. I mean, I can't argue that, you know. But moving forward, we're going to skip back to the NBA. And we talked about this briefly. I think this definitely needs to be addressed with the play that we have seen from the Pacers and specifically um, Tyrese Halliburton. Do is is it too early to to you know pump the hype train? Is it too early to call him a star player yet? Is it too no, early Halliburton to, to call him a franchise He's player? Emerged. He's emerged. He's emerged. Yeah. And he, now he- now. My thing for this, right? It, let's say by the grace of God, somehow they pull off a miracle win in, in, in Las Vegas, and they beat LeBron. What does that do for LeBron? Do to LeBron, and what does that do for Terry's Halliburton? So far, LeBron has shot the ball very well in this uh, tournament, NBA and season tournament. Every game outside the tournament, the Lakers have looked like shit. In the tournament, they're amazing, which. It looks like they're mailing it in for the regular season and in-season tournament. Let's go hard. Pause. But I'm going to tell you right now, Anthony Davis, you can't trust him. One game, he could look like a superstar, and a few games, he just looks like some random guy off the bench. Um, As much as I do not like Skip Bayless, um, what is it? It's like he called him AD, uh, always disappearing, right? And I'm going to tell you right now, when it matters most, Anthony Davis is going to disappear. They've got to deal with Miles Turner, right? And you're like, shit. Obi Toppin is athletic, super athletic. So you got two bigs that are athletic. And then what? You're going to put LeBron on who? Because I don't think you're going to, you want D'Angelo Russell on Tyrese Halliburton. I don't think you're going to do that. I like Russell. I think he's a good offensive player. I don't think he can guard Halliburton. And I think that this is a blue collar we're going to fight to the end versus what people want to consider a Showtime Laker team. I'm telling you right now, I think the when we watch this, I, it depends on how, how bad are they going to officiate this game. Is it going to be touch LeBron and he's going to you know get 20 free throw shots? How many times is he going to cry in a game because he's always complaining about something, you know? Or are you actually going to say, two teams got here, let them play. It's the, the cup game. Let these dudes ball out. Whoever balls out, balls out. Whoever loses, loses. I know they want LeBron to be the first person to hold this cup. Let Listen, this is not a conspiracy theory. He's the NBA poster boy. You know they want this. But would you sit there and go, okay, well, let's give it to LeBron at almost 40 years old if he's not 40 already. Or do we say, look, we got an emerging young star. Let him get on because this is this is what's going to be the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I well, want to I see- think the marketing here, I'm going to cut you off, but I, I think the marketing here and the story tells itself. It's the old guard versus the new. You think about it, even in Greek mythology, this has been a thing. Old gods versus the new ones. It's a battle of titans. This really, this in-season tournament can signify an era of change that's coming whether the old guard likes it or not. There are a lot of young and hungry players. And right now, clearly guys like Tyrese Halliburton are starting to stake their claim in the NBA. 
You got to think McCall uh, Bridges is finally being the player we wanted him to finally yeah. be. It took him to go to shitty <laughs> Brooklyn. But, hey, he's making that team look somewhat doable. Yeah, the Nets are looking all right. Yeah, you know? So, I mean, finally these guys are really starting to develop, to, to develop and it only took, it took time. So now this story is really going to tell the NBA and its fan base we're either a not ready to let go of the past or we're ready to move on to the future. And the future is now. And again, this is not me trying to turn to, you know, m- hype up or market the NBA. They do a great job with that already, but yeah. this is a very, this is a very vital game for all reasons. No one's paying attention to. I mean, like I said, let's, let's watch this. Let's watch it with an open book. But let's pay attention to how, if it's one-sided for the refs on the Lakers side, or are they actually going to let these guys play ball? You know what I'm saying? Like, because if 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 it's so blatantly obvious, you did this so this guy could get it and say he's the first ever. I think you just really shit it on your own cup. Let these guys just play ball. That's where I'm at with this. Yeah, me too. Moving on. Speaking about cups. An interesting report came out, and it, it crossed my table, and I had to bring it up uh, on the show. I had to make it a topic. One of the best goalkeepers in the world, whether you think so or not, doesn't really matter. Uh, David De Gea, has, there's been reports saying he prefers a move to enter Miami instead of going to the Saudi where he gets paid more. If this were to happen, you have a super team and with, with just Messi and, and a great goalkeeper. You don't even need... Anything else, it seems like in the MLS. To, I mean, when when Messi's been coming on to to um, Inter Miami, they've just been winning. They took a team that was damn near dead last and is in the playoffs for God's sakes. So, um, this is looking interesting, you know, for for the most part. And if David De Gea joins Inter Miami, I think people need to really start putting some eyes on the MLS. I've said this before: the MLS has a super draft. No one ever talks about it. You know, these are where young kids, 16, 17, 18, are able to get signed to a youth academy or to the main, you know, the main roster or their affiliates, kind of like the G League, and and be able to to grow and develop there. Hell, a lot, like I said, I said before, a lot of people don't even know there's the U.S. Championship League and then the U.S. One, uh, League One. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here in, in this field. The MLS is expanding, and we're going to talk more about the MLS and expansion soon and, and uh, later on in, the, in this episode, but... To be honest, David De Gea, this if he goes to Inter Miami, this is huge. This is one of the biggest moves next to Messi, I think. Uh, period. Um, well, the, the thing that, and we kind of touched on this the last time when we were talking the in season tournament, how the cup, you know, would be if they did it like soccer. Please watch that if you're at this point because we we dropped some jewels on it. But um, when I said it was huge when David Beckham had came over, um. David Beckham was already at the tail end of his career, right? When Messi came over, he just won his World Cup. You know what I'm saying? He's still killing it. He's still in his prime. And he comes over, arguably the greatest player in the entire world. If you're a Ronaldo fan, you're going to say Ronaldo. If you're a Messi fan, you're going to say Messi. I don't care which one you, you think is one and two. They're both the best players in the world. But... David De Gea is the Martin Brodeur for my American people. He's the Martin Brodeur of goalies all around the world, not just here. 
right? Like Martin Brodeur, and yeah, you play in Canada, but the National Hockey League, you know, it, it's 90% American teams and a few Canada teams. But David De Gea is worldwide. This guy is known all around the world because soccer is the biggest sport everywhere in the world except for the United States, and it is growing, but it's just not here like that yet. But David De Gea's name, you say his name, Everybody knows who David De Gea is. Everybody says, man, I wish that guy was my goalkeeper. Doesn't matter who's the guy behind your pipes. You know what I'm saying, Paulus? But this guy, if he comes to enter Miami, I mean, at that point, they're running the gauntlet. I, I mean, they can go undefeated because you got a guy who's going to shut everything down, and you got a guy who can't be guarded. This is a beautiful thing for the MLS. And, you know, bring him in. Bring them in because MLS is going to start challenging the NHL, you know, and Major League Baseball and all that shit because America is a big international country as well. All these people who are here who love that soccer shit is going to be like, oh, look what we got. We get, yeah, we still want to watch the Premier League, but we could watch this here. You know what I'm saying? We could, we could go to the games. We could go to, you know, uh, I think Boston got a team. New York's got some teams. A lot of places got teams. So you're like, we can actually see the Messies. We can see the David De Gea's. You know what I'm saying? This, it could be such an amazing uh, step in the right direction for MLS to take that big step forward, which I know you want to talk about later. So I really don't want to go into it, but I think this is this is a power play move. Yeah, and if it's true, and these reports are true, this is huge. But speaking about huge, pause. Josh Dobbs, the magic man himself, can he lead the Minnesota Vikings to the postseason? Is the magic there? Do you believe in the miracle man, if you will, Josh Dobbs? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to give him some credit. I'm going to give him some hope, and I'm going to give him some faith. I think the Viking faithful – need some of this. I think the Viking faithful needed a quarterback to believe in. And I think they got their man in Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs will at least be able to take him to the to at least the wild card. I, if you're a Viking fan, know that you are in good hopes right now. The, the NFC itself was kind of weak. And with the, was it now a seven team format? The Viking can eat the Vikings easily slip into that six, seven spot. Josh Dobbs had a really bad game last game and they still almost won. That was also without Justin Jefferson, and he's coming back. So um, I don't believe in the Josh Dobbs magic. I'm going to be 1,000% honest with you. I think he's kind of coming back down to reality that he's Josh Dobbs. I mean, listen, when the guy was doing it, he was working with NASA and stuff, which is super cool. Obviously, he's a smart guy. You know, I just – and a lot of, you know, teams, I mean, yeah, the NFC is, is but the AFC is every, it's open as well. It's not like the AFC is the super powerhouse. No, you know right. But I'm saying specifically for the Vikings, their division in the NFC, besides the Lions, oh, yeah, 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 really yeah. great. It's open, but I mean, do you really trust Josh Dobbs like that? I'm, if I'm the Vikings, I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> well, no, I didn't ask if you were the Vikings. I asked you. Yeah. Listen, very rarely do backup quarterbacks do well, even for a game. So if he can play half, half of what he did that first game, this 
conference is wide open. They are tied with like three of the teams for six and six. All they got to do is go like eight, win eight games, maybe nine, and they're in. I mean, we'll see. I don't believe in Josh Dobbs. I think he's a great person in, in reality on and off the field. But I, I think that uh, great people succeed. That's all I'm going to say. Next. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about pretenders and, and contenders, this is going to be a fun one. NFL pretenders, NFL contenders, who do you got? Go for it. The hard part is um, Trevor Lawrence is hurt, right? So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, Jacksonville is going to struggle to make the playoffs. Even even though they're at the top, they're, they're going to struggle with their quarterback down. Um, Cincinnati, who got a lucky win. Joe Burrow's gone. So you're like, can Browning keep it up and will them into the playoffs? Uh, Buffalo, they're going through a lot. Sekolo? Yeah, Sekolo, yeah. They're going through a lot of ish. Uh, McDermott had the 9-11 thing that everyone's talking about now. Um, You got the Vaughn Miller stuff going on. So it's a lot that they're dealing with. But listen, Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. I don't care what anyone says. Josh Allen is the lead quarterback. What he does, they did, I don't see another quarterback doing. Listen, if dummies didn't have the 12 men on the field, they they beat uh, Denver. If, what's the name, uh, McDermott doesn't call the horrible play at the other game, that's an, another win. If, if uh, uh, Tyler Bass hits one field goal, they win the other night against Philly because they're going to overtime. So this guy has three game game going ahead drives in under two minutes. And McDermott, the defensive coordinator and coach, is the one who's giving up points after that. So that goes to them. Josh Allen is a freaking elite quarterback. They, Buffalo is a contender if they did not have McDermott. That's facts. So you got Kansas City who's struggling, but they're tough. Miami, I don't think is that team. And they got the best record in the AFC. Miami's not that team. They're like Dallas. Both of those teams have beaten people with with non-winning records. When they play winning record teams, they lose. So if you're talking AFC contenders, I'd still got to say Kansas City until they're knocked off. And then it's wide open after that because I think that the Miami Dolphins are protected. And then the Eagles, they were, they were a contender. Dallas, until you prove it, you're a pretender. Because every time you make the playoffs, you choke. Listen, you haven't won since since the big 8-8. Troy Aikman, Dion, Jay Novacek. Um, I just forgot his name, running back number 22. Uh, he's one of the greatest running backs of all time, too. Emmett Smith, you know what I mean? Like Darren Woodson, you guys had, they had a squad. They haven't won since. So all this, you know, America's team, you haven't been America's team in over 20-something years. Stop. Stop it. Calm down. All right, so here's my thing. Here's my thing. We look at the NFC. I I, I pulled up everything. The Cowboys, we all know, will always be pretenders. (laughs) Let's just start there. 
pretenders. But the record says they're not. I, God can come down, and I, I don't think that's going to help them. <laughs> so, <laughs> contenders. The 49ers, I said this before, I will say it again. I think the 49ers are contenders. But... I think that, listen, hold on. I got to cut you off. The 49ers to me are winning the Super Bowl, right? No. Oh, hell no. Who's going to, that team stays healthy. Who's going to stop Brocky? You know the what Ravens. I mean? What I think I think we're I think we're gonna get a kind of a rematch back. What was it 2012? I think it was where the Ravens were in the went uh, the 49ers. Yo, that line's gonna be able to stand up against Chase Young and Nick Bosa. I'm not gonna say the line's gonna stay up. I never said anything about that, but I do think the Ravens and the 49ers are gonna make the Super Bowl. And I feel that for some ungodly hold, hold on, hold on. I, I think for some ungodly reason, we're gonna look at a really low scoring game with horrible officiating. I'm saying 13 10. That's Oof. a Super Bowl. I, that's, I really, I re, now I really do think so. I, I, for some ungodly reason, this may be a horrible take, but I see the Ravens walking out Super Bowl champs. No, way. I think, I, I think they're gonna force feed Lamar Jackson a Super Bowl ring. Not for happen. some reason, for some reason, I feel like they're going to royally fuck the Listen, 49ers. But hold on, hold on. Because Taylor Swift is dating uh, Travis Kelsey and everything that you do and anything the NFL shows. They, Listen, Taylor Swift is all over. They post her on all their social media, Twitter, Instagram. Every time she's anywhere, they show her more than anyone else. Listen, you had Simone Biles, a gold medalist. At that Kansas City game, her man plays for the uh, the Packers. But you have an Olympic gold medalist on the sidelines where some random fan gives her this goat hat thing, right? It's a goat. on It's like a weird-looking hat. And he called her the goat. And she's all smiling with the fans and all that with the fans. And then you got this, this person who doesn't even know football. She admitted, I, don't, I didn't know anything about the NFL, but because she's Taylor Swift with the massive media – you're telling me, and she's singing the Super Bowl. You don't think they want Kansas City there with her performing in the Super Bowl? Stop it. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to say this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to say this. Look at the color scheme of the Super Bowl logo. Oh, I've seen it. It's purple and red, which would be San Francisco and, and the Ravens. But when you have when you Taylor in Taylor Swift and she's singing there, you already know that they're going to do everything in their power. To have Kansas City um, in that they spot. may they they may really try. I think it's going to backfire. I think for some ungodly reason they're going to something's going to happen. The Ravens are going to win that thing. It's going to be I like think, said about basketball. Lamar is going to have to play a perfect game and hope they don't call those holding plays to bring it back and all that stuff. Because I'm telling you right now, this is WWE. Again, I would love to see the 49ers uh, win a Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to allow the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I really don't think the NFL is going to allow. The NFL is foul because Brock Purdy, Mr. Un- uh, what's it called? Mr. Irrelevant, is killing it. And they won't put him on that NFL MVP race thing when he's absolutely killed. Yeah, he had a few bad games. But if you look at his body of work, this is a guy who should not even make a team. Or practice squad, right? Like, listen, he's the last pick in the draft. That means he could have easily been 
if San Francisco picked anyone else, he would have been undrafted. But he got a break because Trey Lance got hurt and Jimmy G got hurt, and it's the only reason why we see him. You know the last time that something happened like this? Tom fucking Brady. Drew Bledsoe went down. He was the next guy up, and he said, listen, I'm not coming off this field. And we know he won, what, six, six, six or seven Super Bowls or something crazy like that? Yeah. Rock Purdy's not getting that love because he's not a first-round pick. And the NFL is sticking it to him. Brocky, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. But moving forward, we only got to the 49ers. Jesus. The Lions, I like the Lions, but the Lions are going to be the biggest problem to themselves. Literally. The Dolphins, we all know, are contenders. The Ravens, I'm sorry, pretenders, pretenders. I don't know what I said there. Contenders. The Ravens, uh, contenders. The Browns and Steelers are irrelevant. No, Browns are only bad because of the quarterback play. That defense is the Super Bowl contending defense. Yeah, and they're just like the Jets. Great defense, shitty offense. The Steelers, God help them. The Chiefs take. Trailer Swift will carry them only so far. And the Jaguars, I, I like the Jaguars a lot. I just, they have no marketing. And the and, and the, the, the NFL doesn't like them. So they are not going to go very far. And that, that's really bad. That that's how I have had to analyze this. Well, Trevor this, Lawrence uh, is hurt, so. Oh, even worse. They're really not going to go far. Yeah, so, yeah Trevor that's really bad. This... Pickett's hurt. Joe Burrow's hurt. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks hurt in the AFC. We have had to analyze this off of who the NFL may market better. Jesus Christ. This is bad. Jesus. Let's go on to another bad freaking marketing scam. The Lakers versus the Pacers. We talked about it before. Let's finalize it now. Who I do you we got? About this completely. We did. We did. We are, I, I, I threw it at the end. Who do you, Remember, this was meant for uh, three people to talk, not me. Yes. Listen, I want the underdogs to win. And I want Halliburton to win as well. And I want Obi Toppin to have a crazy game. But unfortunately, I do think that the league is going to have their poster boy uh, hold that trophy. I'm going to say Pacers won this one 119 to 118. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get another buzzer beating shot from Tyrese Halliburton. I'm calling I am mad at you. We already talked about who makes it, who doesn't. We already did this. Jesus, this is really meant for other people. <laughs> All right. Now we talked about we talked about this briefly, but I want to get into more detail about um, what this means for the MLS. With international stars coming over to the MLS, I'll raise that for everyone. Like Messi and Kaká over the years, can the MLS become a top league around the world? My answer is indefinitely yes. And the reason why I say yes is because the MLS is like every every other American sport. You have a draft. And that allows the worst team to get to get potentially the best prospect, obviously in the U.S. Of course, unless they sign somebody to use squad, you know, use squad, whatever. But this MLS Super Draft allows teams that are bad to get that one shining star to to build off of. And the beauty, you know, what the beauty about the MLS is, no matter who's on top, we see this when the first year interim interim uh, Miami went into the MLS, they were great. They made, I think, they even made the playoffs. They got knocked yeah. out quickly. But they they had a hell of a start. I I can even go as far back to the Houston Dynamo when they first debuted. They won the championship two years back to back. 
that's how they kicked off their franchise. Two-time defending champions. I mean, and then after that, they sucked. But, um, you know, they've still developed over time. They've found a way to get back into that form. You have the super draft that makes it unlike anything else. And the one thing that the MLS is going to have to overcome is the American, there's the negative American stigma around the world. That is the one thing that's going to have to overcome. We don't produce top end talents all over the world like other countries produce top end talents all over the world. That's why. Right. But here's the thing what this is showing, and the fact that you can go on ESPN Plus and watch the USL one and the USL championship, you get to watch the up and comers of what could be the MLS. Yeah. And you get to watch that. All their games. And the fact that the, and in the US, we have the US, uh, was the US cup or US open cup for, for soccer that still allows teams. Messi was able to win a piece of silverware for in a Miami in just less than a season. Yeah, you know, so you look at these things. Messi came in and and crushed it, right? But he's just coming off the bench, he's not even starting, and he's doing these things. So, here's my thing you have a star, an international star who just won the World Cup, now is won the U.S. Open Cup, and now taking a team that should have been dead last into the playoffs. This is huge. You had guys like Kaka come over when uh, Orlando uh, Soccer Club came, uh, yeah, Soccer Club came through. So, and he was trying to build that team. And he tried to carry them as best as he could. So you have these international stars really trying to make this MLS the top league around the world. And over the course of decades, it's gotten better and better. People want to say that, oh, this isn't America's sport. It's becoming America's sport. It is. It's becoming a sport where people are doing better in. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Our women have always been great in this. Yeah. They've been killing it. It's our men that suck. Most men play, you know, basketball, football, soccer, uh, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, whatever. But you're still seeing more and more kids go into soccer. There's more opportunities there. T- colleges are hungry for this. You are seeing, I think we almost have 20, I think we have 29 or 27 teams now. And since 2014, a league that had, I think, maybe 21 has expanded over the last seven to eight years. That's nuts. That's a lot of expansion. That is di- That is immense expansion that's fast and rapid growth which means popularity is growing the demand for this sport in america is growing that means it's getting the attention of people so yes i think this has the potential to be a top league around the world and if i'm fifa the 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 organization we need to capitalize on this we need to make just how the the uefa league or the uefa champions league is all in in europe and some of the some of the the middle the middle eastern teams we need to have one for the entire North American content, North America, South American content, the Americas. You have the preseason one. Let's do it again. Let's not make this an, an international trophy, but let's make it a continental cup. I, I think we should do that. To say anything after that, like, what would you expect me to say? I don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing left for me to say. You said everything and more with the kitchen sink. All right. Well, I guess that sums up that topic. Um, you have nothing? I, you said everything, and I agree. Like, yeah, you know, give America an opportunity. And the more that you show them over there, the more those players who maybe not be getting an opportunity, like say there's a really good kid that unfortunately he's playing behind one of the best players in the league. Maybe he goes, you know what? I'll go take my talents over there. 
uh, you know, we play this tournament, I'm going to try to stick it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll give them an opportunity to try to beat one of the teams that they played or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I do think that FIFA needs to strike on this and help America's MLS be part of this massive global game that they call football. Yeah, absolutely agree. And last but not least, we start with the NBA. We'll end it off with the NBA. Can we consider the NBA in-season tournament a success? I'll let you kick it off. No. No, I don't think so because it just – there's a lot of teams that played well in a regular season so far that have struggled. And then you have teams like the Lakers who weren't playing well in the regular season but are playing well in this, and it feels like – yeah, I know it's the wins and losses here count for the regular season too. But when you look, you go, well, shit. Like, if you're not taking the cup seriously and you're focused on the regular season, you're taking away from the cup games. If you're not going hard for the regular seasons and putting everything into the, the cup, well, is that doing the right thing for the entire product? Right? It just feels like something's off. and with that bad, horrible call, to me, it's really messing up the entire vision of what we've seen. Because you don't want a controversy to be part of your cup, especially the first year. You don't want to see it ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you watch some of these finals and everything else, and usually it's the most horriblest calls. And you're like, oh, man, my team is getting jerked. And it takes away from it. And my whole thing is a lot of these refs who make these horrendous calls, when do they get penalized? When do they get fined? When do they lose their jobs? Because if my team, like say, I know people say everything is rigged. Well, let's just say as an owner, I don't think it's rigged. But my team is getting stoiked every time we have an opportunity to do anything. What 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 am I paying my 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 guys for? What am I doing this for? I'm trying to bring a championship to my city, my state, my whatever. But you're allowing these refs to dictate games? They need to be handled as much as the players need to be handled. If a player says something about the refs, they get fined. If a player bumps a ref, they get knocked out of a game. And we've seen refs uh, uh, initiate contact and a player boom and they get kicked out for the refs. And it's like, well, what? When are these people going to be held accountable for what they, they, their mistakes are. Once they start becoming accountable, then people can go, all right, the leagues aren't rigged. But I'm telling you right now, as of late, the WWE, the NBA and the NFL, NFL feel very WWE-ish. I'm just saying it now. It feels like there's a storyline, and that's what they're trying to go with. Yeah, I mean, I'm unfortunately, I'm, I'm actually have to agree with you on this one. I don't think this was a success. I think that this was a, a poor attempt to try to match what soccer does by having a point system that was terrible and horribly implemented in the first place. It just it didn't make any sense that you can tell this was rushed. It just this was just to throw something out there to throw something out there and tell the players, hey, you're a player, you have a contract, go ahead and play it. That's exactly Listen, what this was. I'm a basketball guy. I grew up loving the game, playing the game. You know, I was a, a Sean Kemp fan as a little kid, you know, when he was on the Supersonics. So 
I love the game of basketball. It's something I've always loved. It's something I've always been super passionate about. This, it's not only is the league soft, and I've never seen guys cry and complain like they do now. And it's just like the NFL. Every time something happens, a player's looking for a call, and you're enabling players to get calls for damn near everything. Yo, let, can't we just play ball? Just play ball. And let them play ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, enough of this fucking every two seconds, a guy holds his hand straight up, someone jumps into him, and they call a foul on them when he's when he's in his spot. Like, come on, man. Enough with the bias bullshit because it's just getting old, yo. And it's not going to – people are always going to watch sports. So until fans stop going to games and shit and stick it to the owners and, and stick it to the league, ain't shit going to change. They're loving this WWE storyline shit. I can't say much there. That's pretty much everything I was going to say. So, with that being said, uh, I guess there was a real winner in this debate. I was going to say both of us because we're the only two who showed up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, whatever. You can have that. Leave anyway, a comment. Who won the debate? Leave a comment in the comment section. If it was soccer, I know I won it. If it was mixed martial arts, I think I won it. Basketball, I felt like we were neck and neck on. And football was the only time we really had a difference. So I, I don't know. I, I think I did pretty, a pretty good job. I think you did. You did, I think right? you did a pretty good job. So for the other two who are not here, uh, thank you. Thank you for my, from Chef Joker 21 and myself, follow us on the, at the Spygate Report, at Spygate Report. It's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. Thank you guys again. This was the first episode of the uh, Project Underground. And underground we, Project. Underground Project. There we go. And uh, hopefully next time we can turn this into a proper uh, debate show where I, I will host it. So peace out, everybody. Subscribe to the Spygate Report.